the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. One of the privileges of having the job that I have is that the hours, since we change them from 5 to 7 to 11 to 1, allows me to take my girls to school every day and then come into the office. And occasionally, in the course of taking my girls to school, uh, they will be talking about a quiz they're going to undergo that day. And occasionally, as was the case today, uh, one of them will go over the material they're going to be quizzed on with me quizzing me. Because if they're in the role of quiz master, it'll help them retain the knowledge and thus prepare for the quiz. So today, as it worked out, uh, one of my daughters was having a quiz about vocabulary. And so we went through a list of words. And uh, one of the words was uh, labyrinth. Uh, labyrinth is a um, an array of of involved steps to arrive at a conclusion or to complete a task. And that word, like, struck me today as I came into the office here for a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Given the labyrinth we are forced to navigate to make sense of positions like those articulated by perspective and soon-to-be-future Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson. I've been thinking a lot about her non-answer to Marsha Blackburn's question, what is a woman? She couldn't offer an answer because she said, I'm not a biologist. I talked about yesterday how nonsensical that is, given that the Democratic Party's position is uh, that your feelings kind of determine whether you're a woman or a man. But I thought more about it today in the sense of how I feel about my girls, the burden I feel for my girls as their father, and also the burden that I feel, the duty that I feel as a husband to my wife. One of the duties that I feel that I have and that I take very seriously is to be not just their provider, but their protector. I want to protect my girls, and I want to protect my wife, and I would, if Required, give my very life to do that, as would most men. But you can't protect something that doesn't exist. I mean, I could dedicate my life to protecting uh, pink unicorns, uh, the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot. Any number of things I could dedicate my life to protecting, but it would be hard to accomplish my objective, given the fact that those things don't exist. If Ketanji Brown-Jackson is named to the Supreme Court, 
she will be asked to protect women. It's inevitable, isn't it, in this culture? That a woman will be discriminated against in terms of pay or opportunity, some way, shape, or form. Being unable to define what a woman is. I mean, like, let's say you're a company president and you have uh, two candidates for a job. Uh, One is, by all accounts, okay, (laughs) we can't be sure. One is, by all accounts, appears to be a man and one appears to be a woman, at least in the Neanderthal black and white thinking of this CEO. And he gives the job every single time to the man instead of the woman. You can see where this might lead to a lawsuit that he is discriminatory toward women. And he's called into court, and they call witnesses, and they testify. And as he arrives on the stand, and he's accused of being discriminatory toward women, what if he says, I don't know what a woman is. I look at these two individuals, and I see no discernible difference between the two of them. I have the exact same degree of confusion over... What separates these two people, man, woman, male, female, whatever you want to call it, I'm unclear, just like Katanji Brown-Jackson is unclear. Can't define it. So, ergo, how could I be accused of discriminating against someone that does not exist in my mind? I could see that. Does this mean if Katanji Brown-Jackson can't decide what is a woman and what is not a woman, that she would have to recuse herself from every single case that reaches the Supreme Court, where in order to draw a legal conclusion, you have to make a determination on whether a person is a woman or a man. How could she possibly rule on that if she doesn't know what one is? I mean, you can't say, well, you ask the person, and if they tell you what they are, then that's what they are. By that logic, I'm just spitballing here. All this is coming to me fresh as I talk to you, if we're going to take the word of a person who stands in court and testifies that what they say is truth regarding whether they're a man or a woman, why would we not also accord the same veracity to a person who is accused of a crime who says, I didn't do it. I mean, you're taking my word that I'm a woman or a man. You were taking Will, we're taking Will Thomas's word that he's not Will Thomas, that he's Leah Thomas. We're taking his word that he's not a male swimmer. We're taking his word that he's a female swimmer. Why would we not take the word of someone who's in court accused of murder and says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a murderer. I, I, I don't feel like a murderer. Well, we have you on tape shooting the person. Yes, but I don't feel like I'm a murderer. I feel like I'm a woman. Hence, you have to put me in a women's prison. You're going to honor that disconnected, illogical, nonsensical, untruthful aspect of my perception of myself that I'm a woman, not a man. Pay no attention to my biology. I am a woman. If I'm convicted of this crime, which I shouldn't be because I don't feel like I murdered that person, You're taking my word on what my sex is, what my gender is, whatever you want to call it. What makes you believe me on one count, not believe me on another? You see how absurd this can get? You see the degree 
of the labyrinth which we are asked to negotiate? Her answer, I can't tell you what a woman is, is in and of itself disqualifying of her being not just a Supreme Court justice, but of her having the cognitive awareness to be a judge in the first place. I mean, after all, let's go back to the person who's being asked to testify in the court. What is the very first thing? What is the very first thing they have to do? Their name is called. They stand up. They walk through the little swinging door. There's the judge. There's the clerk of courts. There's the stenographer. The attorneys are seated at tables. Seated at tables. Do they just walk up there, sit down, and start talking? No, they don't. No, they don't walk up there and start talking. What do they do? What are they required to do? They're required to raise their hand and swear to do what? Oh, they are required to swear to tell the truth. Now, if a witness in a case has to swear to tell the truth and a judge sits on a case and determines what is okay for one side to present and okay for another side to present or not okay to present and not okay to present, how can the person who has more importance in that proceeding, the judge, be a person like Ketanji Brown-Jackson who won't tell you the truth about what is a man and what is a woman? Like the person who gets up and spouts off about whatever matter is in dispute has to swear to tell the truth. But Ketanji Brown-Jackson or her ilk, and there are many of them on the Democratic side of the aisle in the judicial profession, who now can't, won't, or won't dare tell you the truth about what is a man and what is a woman. The labyrinth becomes more and more entangled, does it not? Oh, wait, there's more. And I'll get into it next on The Bruce Hooley Show. Nice to be with you on a Thursday, Bruce Hooley Show. Take us with you wherever you go on the iHeartTuneInRadio.com app, or you can download our app. Search 989FM, The Answer, in the iTunes and Google Play Store. At 12.05 today, we will talk with one of my favorites, one of the last surviving real reporters out there whom you can trust. How many can I count? Two, locally. Tom Susie of the Susie Report and Jack Windsor, Ohio Press Network. Any others? No. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, which, by the way, uh, one that I would definitely not put in that category is the uh, estimable Haley B. Miller of the Columbus Dispatch. Their uh, chief Republican assassin at the dispatch. And yesterday, I got into the details on her latest hit piece on Mike Gibbons, the Ohio Senate candidate. And I happen to have that story sitting in front of me today as I was getting ready to take the air. And I don't know why this didn't hit me yesterday because bah, 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 I got all these thoughts coming at me about Katanji Brown Jackson and the leftism that's out there. And they can't acknowledge that a woman is different than a man because, boy, would that get them in trouble with the transgender community and they got to have them in order to win. But the headline on that story yesterday that I talked about was gender. 
dominates GOP Ohio Senate debate as Mike Gibbons dismisses women's oppression. Now, I told you why that's a lie in the headline. He didn't dismiss women's oppression. Mike Gibbons at times is uh, not the most polished at delivering his message. He's just a plain-spoken, ordinary, average guy, and then people use his words to hang him. But what's worse? Oppressing women, saying that they were probably oppressed by not being able to vote? That was Mike Gibbons' crime. Or, or if you're Katanji Brown-Jackson, not being able to even acknowledge that there's the existence of anything called a woman. Or that women differ from men. See, that was the genesis of the whole argument yesterday. How did we get to Marsha Blackburn asking Katanji Brown-Jackson, who probably, she's probably spent like, how many hours do you think she spent prepping for this Supreme Court hearing? I mean, she knows she's going to get affirmed. Maybe she didn't, maybe she didn't spend any time. <laughs> Her answers kind of indicate that she wasn't spending too much time preparing. But I would imagine that they prepared her some. Like, Watch out for Ted Cruz. He's coming. Josh Hawley. Can't trust him. Tom Cotton. Evil. So I suppose she spent some time preparing and probably knew they were going to attack her for her very soft record on child pornography. And, I mean, she's, she and the Democrats are dopey beyond belief. Factually true. Fact check true. If they didn't think her service on the very progressive board of this very progressive school she sits on was going to come up. But at any rate, I don't think she prepped for can you define a woman. So how did they get to define a woman in a Supreme Court hearing? Well, they got to it because Marsha Blackburn was asking Katanji Brown-Jackson about one of the most famous cases ever decided where Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the, the notorious RBG, as she was known, hailed the most famous case she ever weighed in on was she got to write the majority opinion on a case involving sexual discrimination on enrollments at Virginia Military Institute. It used to be all male, can't be all male anymore, not since the 90s when Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote the majority opinion that, eh, you know, there, there, are, there are set in stone differences, inherent differences, she said, between men and women. And we have come to appreciate those, and they remain a cause for celebration. It shouldn't be used to denigrate either group. That was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the notorious RBG's opinion. She's an icon, is she not, on the Democratic Party's hit list, right? Well, that's not consistent with the Democratic Party's position now that, you know, if you say you're a woman, you're a woman. If you say you're a man, you're a man. Transgenderism, Uber Alice. Not Alice, A-L-I-C-E. Uber Alice, A-L-L-E-S. It's German for above everything. Deutschland, Uber Alice was Adolf Hitler's cry. And, you know, why would they not borrow it on the Democratic side since they are fascists themselves? So this is why Marsha Blackburn asked her about it. And Katanji Brown-Jackson, what's her motto? See no evil. Hear no evil, speak no evil, tell no truth. Katanji Brown-Jackson, who didn't remember the Dred Scott case, which is one of the most infamous Supreme Court cases ever, where slaves were deemed to be, because of population counting reasons, but it's been misportrayed ever since, three-fifths of a person. Uh, she said uh, she didn't remember the Dred Scott case. She also said, I don't really remember that 
VMI case. That's interesting. Katanji Brown-Jackson would have been in her third year of law school in 1996 at Harvard when women were allowed to be admitted to Virginia Military Institute because it was deemed that they were being discriminated against on the basis of sex at an all-male military school. Do you think that, like, was not something they would have been talking about at Harvard Law School? Woke Harvard Law School where Ruth Bader Ginsburg got to write the majority opinion on that case? Like, I'm thinking a pretty transformative case like that. Maybe a professor or 10 would have mentioned that case at Harvard in 1996. But Katanji Brown-Jackson, drawing a blank on that one. Now, why is she drawing a blank on that one? Well, would have been awkward, but if she were honest, which, you know, we've already established she's not honest. If she were honest, Katanji Brown-Jackson could have said, I'm not going to answer your question about what is a woman. And I'm not going to answer your question about when does life begin. And I'm not going to answer your question about why I gave laughably light sentences to child predators. And the reason why I'm not going to answer any of those questions is because I, Katanji Brown-Jackson, future Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America, I'm going to invoke my Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Now, you've watched enough law shows to know that the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination is applicable only if you testify about an event that could land you in jail or render you guilty of something with a penalty. Katanji Brown-Jackson would, because she's a leftist, misapply the Constitution, guarding her against self-incrimination where? In the courts? Would she wind up in jail? No. No. She'd wind up in leftist jail. She'd wind up in the bullseye of cancel culture. If she answered, when does life begin? If she answered, what is a woman? Her answers, if she was going to be truthful, which, again, I'm not sure it's in her ability to do. If she answers that, she incriminates herself with the people whose ideology she shares. She is devoted, welded, irrevocably bonded to whatever the left deems to be the best path for America. The best path for America requires the Constitution to be shredded? Fine. Fine. She has said before, when asked about court packing, and I can talk about it, however many they want to put on the court. Huh? What? However many they want to put on the court? That means you're fine with court packing. See, the beauty of the beauty of God is that he does exactly what the Apostle Paul said he would do. He uses the wisdom of the wise to shame them. And she thinks she's being cagey, and she thinks she's being smart. She thinks she's being elusive. She's not, she's not fooling anybody. And the reason why this matters is not just because she's going to sit on the Supreme Court. That's very consequential. But the reason why we have to hold our judges to account is because if our judges screw up, If our judges can't exercise discernment, well, then 
it not only hurts us in terms of national policies and laws pertaining to inroads into private spaces that only women should have apart from men, but it hurts us right here in our local community. We have proof of that. Myriad instances, proof of that, in that our bail system in Franklin County is egregiously flawed. And I'll give you some examples of that that could have gotten people killed. Next. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.